in the slim, tall, sexy can. I wish I was a slim, tall, sexy can. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV movies and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, Ant-Man and the Wasp, they are in theaters, Mike. You may not see them, they're very small. Is that what a wasp sounds like in a microphone? That's the best I can do, man. That, that was, yeah, it was okay. I'll give all you right. that. On to um, the next. On to the next one. We have the Titans, the TV show episode titles to look at and go through here. All right. So, so we can dig out of that. Uh, Deadpool 2 is getting an uncut version. Did you know this? Oh, uncircumcised. I can already see the oh. box art for the Blu-ray. The, the box <laughs> art's already out, so no, you know, <laughs> there's not there at all. But uh, anyway, and more, and more, Mike. Yeah, we were talking uh, off the mic just briefly. This is the time of the year where you're supposed to go see the movies and not necessarily talk about them because the news is a little a little light this week. Mm-hmm. There's not no news for sure, but usually it's a little bit more jam-packed. So I think that's also a little bit of a, an outcome of when you come to the holiday season around July 4th here in the States where people kind of take the rain back. Even the marketing department goes on vacation every once in a while, well, so they can't exactly be dropping all the sweet news every week. Well, well, I think I think it has to do with this time vortex we're caught in here. Uh, <laughs> we, we we literally are on the cusp of one of Marvel's releases, whether whether it's a big release as the Avengers or as little as Ant Man. It's mm-hmm. still uh, Marvel movies hitting theaters are huge deals. But we're also in that two-week time slot away from San Diego Comic-Con. So who's holding on to information for that, Mike? That's when the news is really going to hit us. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to do our our best to entertain you while we can. But I think we got some good stuff here. I was scrolling through. We got some fun and interesting news. I'm I'm usually not expecting to see Nicolas Cage pop up in our our show notes. But when when it does, I'm always always excited to see what's going to be down there. I was going to leave it out of here. And then you were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make this our image. I can't so I believe like, you were gonna make it. You're gonna leave it out. That's what? that's that's prime talking news. I had really hoped um, <laughs> that that a lot of our news would, would fill up and be like, oh, that's that's not even in <laughs> conversation worthy. So uh, I'm gonna take a look into this stuff here. Uh, but anyway, um, I gotta give a couple shout outs at the start of the show, Mike. Right now, summer right. shout outs to Marvel Fan World. Uh, one of our listeners, I, I know her. Her name's Kristen. She's on Twitter. She's always promoting our show on there, getting people to subscribe and listen. So thank you for doing that. And then also over on Sean Bowman on YouTube, always checking up on us. Not every, every not every episode, but every other episode, he's always like, "Hey, what's up, guys?" Making sure we're still out here doing stuff. So keeping the comments section alive. Got to give him some shout outs for that. That's I, I appreciate it when when our fans reach out to us and and talk to us and and just tell other people. Really, like we always say, super fans are the ones who share the show. So so that's what we think. So um. But yeah, Mike, what have you been up to? I'm I'm a little sunburned. I've been outside a little bit today, so I'm like a little fried in the head here. So what's going on with you? Oh gosh, good? I would never go under the sun. I had a I had a brief a revelatory epiphany moment the other day, uh, where you know if you listen to the show, you know I picked up a PS4 the other weekend and I bought uh, The Last of Us, which was was it called like a it was like a PlayStation Classic or a PlayStation um, hits. Um, 
what do they call it? Like a prestige title? I don't remember exactly no, it's, it's what hits, it was. PlayStation Hits. PlayStation Hits, that right. So I, I bought The Last of Us, and it said Last of Us Remastered. And I never really thought of what Remastered meant. I just thought maybe it was like a kind of like a Game of the Year edition type of thing where if there was DLC, it was just built into it. I knew the game was a couple years old. You know, so I've been playing it, having a fun time. It's really good. The characters are really compelling. I like the slow, drawn-out story where we get to learn a little bit more about the characters as I move along, trying to avoid these things called clickers that are trying to just take bites out of my neck which is terrifying but i'm finally a shiv master so i'm waiting to see if that'll work collected enough pills if anybody knows what i'm talking about uh so i got that i don't but yeah go ahead (laughs) but i had this moment where i I briefly googled it and i was shocked to find out that it's actually a playstation 3 game Mm -hmm. i bought this brand new next generation console and i haven't even played a next generation game on it which I thought was pretty hilarious. But I guess they did a pretty good job remastering it because the graphics look really great to me. I guess everything got tuned up a little bit in the remastered version for the for the PS4, but I guess i got to slowly work my way through this back catalog of games that I've missed out on. But, yeah, go play The Last of Us if you haven't played it. It's a PlayStation exclusive, but it's fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I'm not a big fan of remasters. I don't think you should be in the console that you're playing on. But in the terms of someone who who has skipped several years of video game in, in consoles, like for you, I think it's it's awesome that you can go revisit those old games that people love and will talk about um, in in a quality manner. Uh, my wife has been playing Crash Bandicoot the trilogy on her Nintendo Switch lately, mm. and um, we we have the original PlayStation ones, and let me tell you, those do not. Uh, <laughs> hold up as well um when you go back and revisit those because in your mind you're playing this awesome graphic you know everything's in detail but then you go back and like, like no there's like four <laughs> pixels on this screen man i don't know how they made this work, what was so. that game so there was three titles that i remember back in those original disc uh games there was crash bandicoot there was yep. spyro and then yep. wasn't there one with like an alligator uh there was gex no or, or, i think um, it was was Sly it croc Cooper? was it croc I, th- I, I think is I what I'm thinking. Croc. I played a lot of Croc. Frogger? I'm sure, uh, was it Frogger? No, I believe it was just called Croc. But that game was fun. It, the same kind of 3D platform. But I don't think that was popular enough to get a remastered re-release. Or maybe it was. I don't even know. But um, uh, what up to my Croc fans? That's basically what I'm trying to say. All right. Well, well, <laughs> well I mean, if, if that's really a game, I, I, I'll look it up after this and see if we can find it and see what's yeah. going on. But the big, but the biggest news impending is uh, just two weeks away from Comic Con, so yes. gearing up, gearing up for that, just uh, eagerly awaiting. That's you, that's hands down our biggest show every year. Everybody knows this. Uh, this will be what our fourth show there um, that that we've done for the the podcast at least. Mm-hmm. And um, but in that regard, we are taking next week off, Mike. Um, next Sunday. I, I don't know if you knew this. I'm not going to be here. Are you going to be? Here? No, you're not going to be here. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be here. This is our uh, summer vacation, if you will. Uh, That's right. This is one of the few times of the year where we're both not in front of a microphone on a Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon. So we're like, hey, it's the middle of the summer. We deserve a little bit of a break. But also, uh, we got to prepare. There's a uh, there's a whole lot of stuff coming the week after that. So. Um, yeah, just make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, and yeah. you're not going to miss anything that we drop. Yeah, that's right. You, I mean, you may even get a summer surprise. Who knows? I, we, we don't know. I mean, as long as you're subscribed, right, Mike? That, that's when you'll know when it all happens. <laughs> Chris, you're not very good at playing coin. I am not <laughs> good at this coin game. Dang it. Just subscribe to this. If you're already listening, you're probably already subscribed. So look out for something fun, maybe. I don't know. We'll see what we can do. Um, but other than that, uh, it's my anniversary week, Mike, so I'm going to Chicago. Do you have any recommendations on anything I should do in Chicago? Hmm, I think you should eat a, a classic Chicago hot dog. 
I uh, love a Chicago dog. I oh, love man, me a so Chicago good. dog. I, we could talk about we could fill this whole podcast with different types of hot dogs, but yeah, the Chicago <laughs> dog. If you're not familiar with that, I'm, out not, there, I'm people, not gonna touch that one. I'm just gonna leave uh, it's, it. Leave it alone. It's a it's a poppy seed bun that you're yep. starting with, so you're already out in like left field. You probably never even seen a poppy seed hot dog bun in poppy your life. Poppy seed on a hot dog bun. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't. So then, I don't are those really poppy seeds? Yeah, it's poppy seed, man. So you the black sla- dots. You, yeah, so you slap a wiener down in between that bun, and this is where things start to get crazy. It you're gonna throw on not just any old relish like neon bright green relish i'm pretty sure they're using food color it's sweet pickle relish it's not dill pickle relish it's sweet pickle relish yeah so that's that's great that's already one of my favorite condiments on top of it and then you're gonna throw on ketchup i'm not ketchup oh sorry i just did you just put ketchup on a chicago dog no i meant to say mustard (laughs) though i was thinking yellow but i said ketchup yep so you're gonna throw on mustard a whole spear of pickle which is already next level right there a dill pickle this time yeah you're gonna counteract the sweet relish you're gonna throw in some tomato on there sport peppers some people eat it with the sport peppers on there some people take it off and just eat them on the side and you know it's up to you what you yeah. want to do there of the onion and, um, oh, the, the onion oh, it's just so good it's like it, i think they call it walking it through the garden you're just getting everything on there just all coalesces to a really great hot dog experience you know so uh yeah chris you got to get a chicago chicago hot dog oh, i love a chicago dog like that is i mean other than um, grilling a hot dog and having it, you know, good old fashioned American style, Chicago is my favorite specialty dog. When you get to order one, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people talk about pizza, having a Chicago style pizza. Um, I think it's a flatter style. Uh, maybe I'm a deep dish. I want to try a deep dish, an authentic yeah. one. So, might do that. But if anyone has any um, recommendations, please let me know. We're going to see Hamilton the musical Ooh. on Wednesday. Oh, man, bearing the lead there, that is yep. ooh, that is some great stuff. Yeah, so we've got a couple other days where I'm just getting the hell out of Dodge from work. <laughs> so uh, we're going to do that. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's 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 what's up. So, yeah. uh, but, anyways, but, but Mike. But, Chris, we're, we're, we're here for a reason, aren't we? No, we're not. <laughs> this is it. This is a show we're done. No, I'm kidding. Ant-Man and the Wasp, it came out this week. We all saw it. We just got off our, our, our review episode, Mike. We recorded it first. Um, we, we have some jabs at each other. It's really fun. I really like it. Um, but we're going to go ahead and give our spoiler-free review, Mike. If you were to spoiler-free this, how would you describe <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp? I don't know. It's been a long day. Go on. Tell me, uh, tell me, tell me about a, Ant-Man and the Wasp. This is one of those uh, uh, funny Marvel movies that you hear about. Uh, where they're leaning a whole lot on the jokes here, and uh, it, it works out really well for him. There's some really hilarious moments. Uh, Paul Rudd knows how to be a funny guy. I mean, he's got the filmography to prove it. So you're in, you're in good hands there. Uh, but I think uh, some of the I think the villains are problematic, and uh, I think I used the word mumbo jumbo about a thousand times in the spoiler cast. So Mike watch out for the mumbo jumbo. Watch out for the science mumbo jumbo in this movie because you're not going to understand it no matter no matter what you do. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're well, we're well, in the we're we're in the Marvel landscape where it's hard not to recommend Marvel movies anymore because they're all they're all passing the bar. I mean, they're all they're all pole vaulting and hitting the the length. It just depends on what cool sick tricks you're doing while you're up in the air, and um, it, it's a it's a fun time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think we both agree we're in the same ballpark on how we feel about this movie. So there's nothing there. I just think um, it, it is a there's hardly a moment where there's not a smile on my face in this. It's a light. If you're expecting the heavy stakes of Infinity War, you're, you're going to the wrong movie. This is much lighter fare. The stakes are not nearly as as problematic. Um, it, it's not world ending, and it's it's a little more of a personal drive. But I do love the addition of the Wasp, the action scenes with the scale uh, size changing, and of course 
Um, again, Paul Rudd just hamming it up. Like, he's just having so much fun as this character. Like, whoever thought Paul Rudd would be a superhero? Not me. Not me. So... <laughs> Um, we also got a review episode up. Uh, we think you should go see it in theaters. Um, we don't think you should wait and watch it on a small screen. Pun intended. You should watch it on the large screen. So, um, yeah, that's what I would say, Mike. You got anything yeah. else you want to add, Ant-Man? Well, you, you, you don't want to miss those post credit scenes. Uh, there's two of, them, two of them. So make sure you stick around all the way to the end of the credits, uh, and you'll, you'll have a great time. That's right. And, uh... That's that is actually sadly our last Marvel movie of the year, Mike. Oh man, it's really weird to say, especially since there's no Star Wars movie at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but we do have a, I guess I don't know if we're going to call these unsanctioned Marvel movies, but there is one at the end of the year that I'm really looking forward to. But when it, when it comes to to live action Marvel superheroes, you got to wait till 2019, baby. Our, the MCU is essentially at a standstill, Mike, until. March of 2019 with Captain Marvel. we got some Captain Marvel news we're going to talk about. Uh, it has officially wrapped filming. We've got a picture here from Brie Larson. It shows the, what's called a clapboard, Mike, in case you mm-hmm. didn't know here. Uh, they use this to keep time and to keep everybody organized. But this has been written all over. This is a mess. This is not out there. But it's also got a June calendar showing the last day of filming there was uh, July 6th. Uh, and uh, she's in, got a little Brie Larson in the green on a spaceship. On <laughs> two, two notes I want to say. I do think it's really funny that you refer to it as a clapper, which, but also, what is the one other thing that they call this? It's called it's a, a movie slate, slate yeah, yeah. just superhero yeah. slate. So I thought that was a pretty. But you know, you, you get creative. You gotta, you know, there's other words out there. I guess Chris likes to show off his vocabulary. I, I, I went to film school. Thank you very much. But uh, Marvel did a really good job keeping this movie under wraps. A lot of it must be happening in a green screen soundstage because this movie was the one that was filmed out here in Los Angeles. And I never saw a lick of it, and I live out here. I didn't drive across any sets. I didn't see anything uh, popping up. I didn't see any uh, Captain Marvel on wires flying through downtown or anything like that. So uh, I have a feeling she takes off to space pretty quickly and is maybe just uh, behind a green screen. But that is a that is a really big question that we really haven't addressed of how much of this movie do you think is going to take place in space and how much is it going to be terrestrial? Because we do know Nick Fury is going to be in this movie, so he's, mm-hmm. a, he's an Earth-based hero. I mean, I guess he could theoretically get in a spaceship, but we don't really ever hear him talk about going going to space himself in the movies. So, we talking 50-50, third act in space, she in space the whole time? I don't know. I, I don't either. Um, but I do want to point out here, uh, there's been two references to, or one, one reference to um, Carol Danvers' pet cat, whose name was Chewy. Uh, once was on a shirt that um, uh, Samuel Jackson posted online, and now I'm actually noticing: is that a cat in a spaceship behind her in this photo? Oh, I think I, I think I saw that too. So, yeah. cat, she has a brown cat named Chewy, who is actually an alien race called a Flurkin. Um, <laughs> that's, I mean, a it's yeah, it looks like a uh, Earth cat, but um, but uh, Chewy is is like her pet, and I'm thinking they may actually show this cat in the movie now <laughs> after seeing all these references to it so um well, i just want to see this cat get mixed up with a rocket i think that'd be well funny. i think the thing with the cat, depending on how old this cat is they used to they may have to de-age this cat digitally in the movie to make it look like a young cat oh i'm <laughs> no i'm thinking of samuel L. jackson i'm sorry oh chris i know they're digitally de-aging samuel L. jackson and philip j colson for uh this movie i know i use one actor's name and one character's name but i couldn't i couldn't think of uh phil colson actor's name off the top of my head i feel bad now 
<laughs> it's all right. You can look it up while I, I vape here I'm for a gonna, second. I'm not be, look it up. It's just gonna. Be, it's got to be so weird for these actors to to go on screen and just watch themselves be be de-aged. I wonder if maybe they have the most keen eye for their faces. Uh, you know, when we watch it, and we talked a little bit about the de-aging that happened in the Ant Man movies. Um, you know, we're looking at it and we can be convinced, but you know, someone like Michael Douglas, like that's not what I looked like 30 years ago. Uh, or maybe he's like, that is exactly what I looked like 30 years <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's gotta be crazy. Well, what's really cool about this and the actor's name is Clark Gregg. It just came to me a second ago, yeah, by the way. There um, you go. Uh, they are going to be digitally DH for the entire movie rather than just a glimpse, uh, at the period they're living in. Because as we saw, spoiler alert for infinity war, um, Colson or not Colson Samuel L. Jackson's gone at the end of that he just poof in the ash so uh, I don't think he'll be coming back until the end of that so we'll be seeing a younger Samuel L. Jackson taking place in this yeah I mean uh, I guess it's not too crazy I mean maybe we're not the the experts that can speak to the special effects that go into de-aging a face but I do know uh, Mantis was a character in Guard of the, Guardians of the Galaxy where her antennas weren't practical. Those mm. were all CG, so that requires like painstaking tracking of every frame that she's in, and she's just a casual character that's just walking around like in the whole movie. So I mean, I guess if you're if you already have to go to the trouble of tracking a face throughout a whole movie, you know, once it's I, I, I one thing I do know is once you have like an object tracked, it's a lot easier to to apply your special effects to it. So I'm sure that there's uh, some people. People that probably don't have the funnest job in the world of like uh, tracking like every eyebrow and pupil and pixel of a face, but um, well, they, it, they do have those dots on this face we saw from the film. Yeah, so I mean, that's definitely going to help. But I think the thing is here, like this, uh, Kevin Feige was talking about this because he came out as Feige Hole Frank Man the Wasp is like this is a, a rather a large thing that they're doing. They have the technology; they're able to do this now on a larger scale than just oh, here's a glimpse of young um michael douglas for a couple minutes you know in in the past so yeah and it and it's fun because this kind of reminds me of the time when you would hear about like pixar studios like announcing that they had to write this whole algorithm for months and use all this processing power to like render hair or water i I feel like we've like reached all of these big thresholds a while ago and now special effects just kind of come down to well how much money do you want to pump into them you know the more money and time the more polished they look the less you know oh things just look a little less fun and entertaining but it's still pretty miraculous Mm -hmm. so now you got this uh like face de-aging like we're in like this whole new landscape of like digitally altering an actor and i think that's that's exciting yeah, and much better than digitally recreating a dead actor, which I, <laughs> I, I maintain was not good in, in Rogue One. But um, they did say that this movie, setting Samuel Jackson back 25 years, which puts this movie in about 1993 probably, Mike. So uh, we're not a late 90s uh, movie, more of an early 90s movie. So um, get out your uh, Spotify and search for top hits in 1992 1993 <laughs> so what you're trying to say is uh, a y2k uh, alarmism is probably not going to find its way into captain marvel no no not at all i mean okay. i don't even think bill clinton was president by this point was he maybe like a year so i mean we've got a whole different world we're living in back in 1993 um this movie will be coming out on march 8th 2019 so uh that is our next long dry spell mike before we get to another marvel movie and um it might be the same again for 2020 so um because spider-man far from home is out one year from this weekend it is it's taking the july slot from next year um and then uh but the best part about this that's already currently in production but it's not filming outside your window it's in london mike Mm. do you wish you were in london to watch spider-man film 
You know, I don't think the London gets a lot of a sunshine, so I'm all right with that. Well, I mean, they, they've got a film. They've got a film Spider-Man somewhere, and he and, and Tom Holland. He's from England. He's got a British accent. Did you know that? You ever hear him talk? Oh yeah, accent? that's right. I forgot. He's like, "Hello, my name's Tom Holland," and I'm like, <laughs> "That's probably not what you sound like at all." So, uh, my favorite impersonation of the week, right there. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's your only impersonation of the week, probably. So I'll take. Well, it. no, I heard uh, Jamaican Chris not long ago too. <laughs> yeah, so. um, my mon witch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's that's beside the point. Um, but a lot of people were speculating that Doctor Strange may make an appearance in Spider-Man Far From Home because there's a sanctum in London that we learned in the Doctor Strange movie. However, Kevin Feige was like, no, he's not in this movie. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. uh, in the current timeline, he's... Well, uh, well no, because Spider-Man Homecoming is going to happen after uh, Infinity War Part Two. So I guess theoretically, if you he comes... Far From Home. Yeah, he should be coming back to life. So, oh man, there's so many unless there's so many things in, to balance unless this right leads now. up into the thing like it's a field trip. Like yeah, a Spider-Man field trip. I don't know. It, the next time Feige comes out of his hole, somebody needs to get an official wording on what the timeline this movie is supposed to happen because the only word that we've gotten was it's supposed to be dealing with the ramifications after um, the uh, ending of this whole phase, and it's supposed to be kind of kicking off the next one, so it would be kind of weird if Spider-Man was kicking off the next phase, but before all these events happen, I don't know. There's a well, lot see, to that's the thing. I never, I never heard that Spider-Man was dealing with anything, and they never usually let a new phase start in the after their May launch. Like each each phase has always started at the beginning of it, the first movie of the year, so. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Far From Home actually wrapped up the phase and then whatever their next movie was in 2020 was the big one. Like I feel like the next one is probably going to be the next Guardians. You think would Guardians be, 3? Would be my guess, yeah. Okay. Um, Guardians 3, a lot of people are putting money on Black Panther 2. Um, you know, um, I would love to see Doctor Strange 2 sooner than later, actually. Um, but yeah, uh, but that movie's coming out July 5th, 2019. Uh, we're under a year now, Mike. We are, we're... In the final countdown for three Marvel movies right now within a year. So does that make you feel better about this drought or, or worse? Uh, well, let's just wait and see what happens with Aquaman. That's right. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna affect my drought the most, which is ironic since he's a water-based hero, Chris. Ah, I see what you did there. Not Venom? Not Venom. This Aquaman is really going to make or break you, huh? Yeah. So. It's gonna, yeah. Venom, uh, he's a wild card right now. That's all right. Well, at least, I mean... Yeah, we'll talk about it in a second. But in sad news, the Spider-Man co-creator Steve Ditko passed away this week. Uh, I think his suit is what they're kind of basing the current MCU on anyway. So if you've not read any of the older Steve Ditko Spider-Man comics, you can go probably find them at your local comic book store or even online and, and take a read at them and, and you know, see what uh, Spider-Man was when he was created and how that yeah. suit was. So. You know, I, I would give you know props to Steve Ditko. I heard he was a little bit of a, a recluse, like to stick to himself in the later part of his career. Which uh, I think is actually kind of cool because, you know, Spider-Man blew up. He was one of the, like, he is the biggest hero of of all time. But when it came to his first movies coming out, I mean, that was huge. I mean, uh, people would have loved to talk to Steve and have pull him out on the red carpet and talk to the co-creator of this hero that was taking, like, superhero movies by storm back in the day. But he was just like, I guess he just wanted to stick to himself and just be the guy he wanted to be. So I guess uh, props to Steve. Uh, It's sad to see you go. Yeah, yeah, and he also co-created Doctor Strange, so that was really the the Spider-Man Doctor Strange thing there. Uh, he also created some other characters we'll talk about later, a uh, Hawk and Dove. 
So, mm-hmm. um, so we'll we'll be talking about those. And I think um, you're familiar with Blue Beetle as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's a, he's a co-creator of Blue Beetle. So, uh, Dicko had a lot of work in comic books, both Marvel and DC. And you can, uh, like I said, go find his work online and, and read that up. But in case Aquaman does not whet your appetite, wink, wink. <laughs> Uh, you can get into the Spider-Verse this December, Mike, and mm-hmm. I know you're going to love the sultry tones of Nicolas Cage voicing <laughs> Spider-Man Noir in this upcoming uh, yeah. movie. Yeah, so I guess he's graduating, or I guess demotion, it depends on how you rake him. He's going to be Superman in the Teen Titans Go movie, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he's going to be uh, Spider-Man Noir, which is going to be fun to see how he translates to the the big screen. I think I, I only ever knew of this character myself, from one of the Spider-Man video games back in the day. Shattered th- Shattered Universe? I think so. He may have been in a possible other Spider-Man game. I, I haven't really kept track of all of them. But, uh, yeah, that's how I know him. Basically, he's yep. just kind of like leather-clad uh, hero. Uh, I, I don't really know what decade it's supposed to be. Is it the, is it the 30s, 20s yeah, that he's from? Yeah, so noir is kind of like his own little set-alone universe where it is film noir, essentially, in Spider-Man um, his suit takes takes a hint from that. Like he doesn't. I don't think he has the full spider powers. I don't think he uh, real abilities exist in this universe. But I do. I read all the all the noir books and I, and I love them. Um, they're just so. I, I hate to say it, like gritty because of that noir taste to them. Like there's murder and 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 you know women coming to detective offices and mystique and all this other stuff going on. So. Um, yeah, noir would be a good choice. I mean, we've not seen any concept art. We don't know how many different spider people are going to be in this movie. So um, that's just kind of a confirmation that Spider-Man noir may pop up in Into the Spider-Verse for you, Mike. Yeah, it just goes to show you, if they're going to drag Spider-Man noir out into the big screen, uh, I think we're going to have a lot more announcements to come for this movie. Spider-Ham. That's what I'm crossing Spider my fingers Ham. for. That's right. Deadpool 2 is taking over Hall H on the Saturday Marvel's time slot, Mike. Um, Deadpool 2, mind you, the movie that's been out in theaters for a couple months. Um, at 5.30 p.m., are you going to line up for Hall H to see this Deadpool 2 panel? Uh, it's kind of strange that there's going to be a Deadpool 2 panel. Like, what exactly are they going to do in that panel? Hall H is like a big room that's usually uh, reserved for, like, big announcements. Usually you don't see movies that have already premiered go to Hall H. Usually it's the other way around, you know, before they premiere, they go. So I don't know exactly what they're going to be doing there. So I give you two things here. They're going to debut Deadpool 2, the uncut version, right after the panel. If you go to the panel, you get access to the uncut premiere screening right after the panel at 10 p.m. All right. And it it says Deadpool and Friends, so do you think they're going to come out with the possible X-Force announcement so they can start filming that this fall? I like mean, right I afterwards? would, I would hope so. It would be, I would say, it would be a factual waste of everybody's time if it was just a panel where it was just like, oh, we're doing like an unrated kind of uncut DVD and come up and ask your questions to the cast. Like, yeah, that's cool. I'm not gonna say that's cool, and I would turn it down if I had the shot. But if you're showing up to all Hall H, you better be announcing something at the very, very least, at least like a the official title for the next movie or something, uh, or you know possible like concept art and sketches but yeah i would think x-force would have to be on the table 
Yeah, they do uh, say, uh, quote, unquote, maybe some surprises. So um, (laughs) they're really playing into the Deadpool 2 thing. They also said something about unicorns uh, being there, but then they can't guarantee mythical creature appearances. So Maybe maybe they met Unicron, and it's supposed to be some sort of crossover. It's not going to cross over with Transformers, Mike. Don't even even do that. Don't even give them an idea. Deadpool would be a fun character in the Transformers universe because I think they need some good... uh, they need some uh, some good evisceration. They just need a good story, Mike. I mean, <laughs> anyway. Well, if you don't make it there, maybe we'll see um, when this uncut version. I, I've seen the Blu-ray art. I can't find the image where I saw it earlier, but it's like the super duper um, unrated edition or something like that that's coming out uh, when when it hits uh, home. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what, what that entails. So we'll we'll see what that is. Dark Phoenix is still on the Fox movie release calendar, Mike. Don't get your hopes up. Um, <laughs> February 14th, Valentine's Day 2019. The listing was missing from the 20th Century Fox website, and um, people were starting to get concerned that it was just pulled um, because of, you know we've heard of reshoots coming up, and they've, they've pushed it back, and so on and so forth. Uh, 20th Century Fox has come out and said themselves in a rare move that, like, no, it's not. We just never really put it on there yet until we get a little closer. So, um February 14th, we're still getting Dark Phoenix, Mike. I mean, I know you were hoping it didn't quite make that release date, but, I mean... I would love to know how much Kevin Feige even thinks about these X-Men movies at this point in time, because it's not necessarily inevitable yet, because the paperwork hasn't been signed, but it seems like the mutants are indeed coming to Disney and Fox, um, are coming to Disney, which is going to be under Kevin Feige's purview. So, you know, he's got a... Does he have a... I'm sure he has a game plan for the mutants. He probably knows how he's going to fold them into the next phases, possibly how he might want to introduce them, but he's just... He's probably just like, all right, these movies just have to premiere. They just need to get out there. They just need to make some money. Maybe the only thing that might affect it that we're probably not going to get any after credit scenes for these movies, I would think. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe New Mutants will be like, no after credit scene, Dark Phoenix, no after credit scene. Don't leave people wanting any more because they're not going to be getting any more of this. I'm like, I'm just hoping the end of Dark Phoenix ends with the Phoenix destroying that universe and like just ending there or, or again, putting it into a loop where it starts with the first X-Men so it's self-contained and they don't have yeah. to ever step outside of this again i like i like that loop idea i think that would be uh that'd be the best way to do it yeah like it ends right where the first one picks up great awesome we love it continue along the way um but i mean we'll have to see i think it's probably the last time we'll see those characters in those roles um i don't think they're going to carry over to the new one unless they want to bring them together i don't know no 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 start. don't like that chris don't put that out in the world i keep seeing those (laughs) articles like ant-man can bring x-men into the universe and i'm like well you too buddy so i'm sorry (laughs) strong language but i don't like those ideas either i'm on my side jessica jones season three is currently filming and uh season three there's some videos out there showing uh, trish walker using her hellcat power she kind of gained at the end of season two and um these are going to be episodes directed by Kristen redder herself uh, all right, Kristen. Good job. I, I, uh, I love, everyone's kind of been wanting our friend of the show, Quentin Parker. He's a big Hellcat fan, and I think he would love to see um, Trish Walker uh, use those uh, Hellcat powers coming out. I mean, yeah, I think her having abilities rather than just a gun would be cool going forward. So, and also she's kind of obsessed with kind of the hero and the power aspect 
of this world. And she's kind of noted, I think in the first season, she kind of brought up the idea of like a costume or a suit mm. for Jessica. So I wonder if we'll see a, maybe a Hellcat suit that might make a little bit more sense for her character. Do, do you think she'll be more of a the hero? Or I mean, she kind of ended the show on like a villainous note, like very much I'm, at odds with the character. So that would be a cool villain. I mean, yeah. that'd be pretty compelling. Yeah, I mean, uh, that would make it. Oh, that'd be such an intimate like relationship where the villain is the person you grew up with. Man, I like that. Let's see where that goes. Jessica Jones, season three, currently filming. Star Wars Resistance, the upcoming cartoon that set place uh, before I think um, the Force Awakens is coming yeah, up, and we got so. some new artwork here showing the the design of the characters and and what that's going to look like here. Um, I think the thing here we got. Um, the only thing I can point out here is uh, Stormtroopers. Great. They're the First Order Troopers. Poe Dameron and BB-8 is about all I got out of this. So there, there you go. I'm sure that this would be the perfect type of show that you would see at a small, relatively accessible panel at Comic-Con where you wouldn't have to wait in line very long. So if you're down in San Diego, I have a feeling that you'll probably be able to see this mm-hmm. unleaked in real life with yeah, your own eyeballs. This is like some sort of French something going on this weekend where this was leaked from so they leaked it from france uh star wars celebration is also going on um the same the weekend after c2e2 next year mike uh in in chicago same place actually um so i'm gonna miss it by a week so if it, um i think some of our super fans go, are going unless you go back man just nope. drive back on up nope not going back up there <laughs> uh but we do have some super fans of the show possibly going uh if you guys are going to star wars celebration and want to pass along your news to us we'd be more than happy to read it on the show so yeah we need some people on the floor but star wars episode nine i think we're gonna get episode nine's title at maybe celebration next year do you think that's too late it's the same year as the movie isn't it uh, yeah yeah, I mean, that would be pretty late. I mean, with these big, big movies like Infinity War and Star Wars, I feel like we usually have the title and usually a teaser trailer almost like, a, ye- like a year ahead of time usually. Yeah. So, yeah, probably 2018 we might have Okay, it. so we might know the title before then. If not, Episode Nine may get a title reveal at, um, what did I say, Star Wars Celebration. But they're filming at Cardington Airship Sheds in the U.K., and you're like, Chris, that sounds really familiar. Why have I heard of Cardington Airship Sheds before? <laughs> it's because they Watt. filmed all of the Yavin 4 scenes from um, Return of the Jedi and I think it was Rogue One, actually, at this. So um, they may be returning to Yavin 4 in the the upcoming uh, Episode 9 to as the, you know where the Rebel base was. Hmm. All right. Come full circle, I guess. Is what there is be. so much wrapped up into this one Star Wars movie. It is going to be... There is going to be a lot of think pieces leading up to this movie. And the, the first trailer, the first time we see anything out of this, it's going to be dissected into every little quantum particle possible. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, quantum particles. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, I just got to talk about it here. Have you heard of this stupid Star Wars Episode Eight fan remake petition going on? Online? Oh my gosh, uh, I I am kind of in the camp of hoping that it's just the most expert troll ever uh, ever crafted. I, I guarantee I, all this money they gained is just going to disappear as soon as they close this funding. Like they're oh not going to make this movie. I hope it's. 
I, I hope it's not malicious in the sense of it's somebody that's trying to steal money because I feel like this is just way too much work to try to steal money from people. I just hope it's somebody that's just trying to troll this whole universe of just like just because a bad movie comes out or a movie comes out that you don't like doesn't just mean that you can go out there and remake it. It's literally never going to happen. It's impossible like you might have a glimmer of a hope to change the mind of possibly a smaller studio that would love this kind of publicity, but it's just never going to happen in star Wars. I mean, I would put my life savings down on it uh, and bet that because it'd be the safest bet on the planet. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's getting out of control. Like, I mean the people, I think they had several, like they had a lot of money to make this and I'm, People are just giving money because they don't like episode eight. I'm like, yeah. that's it, it, you know, you're doing it all wrong. If you're unfamiliar with what we're talking about, basically like a Twitter account like cropped up that said, "Hey, we're here trying to uh, raise money, trying to kickstart a fan remake of the Last Jedi, and we have producers on board that have like money. We're gonna do it." And they kind of just vaguely hint that they that they have permission to do it, or they're. They, it's all it, vague. It's yeah, all very it, vague. It, it's just it's insane, and I it kind of the the level of the the Twitter account got raised because like famous celebrities started replying to it. Like I think Seth Rogen was like retweeting them saying things like, so how exactly are you going to do this? Who are these producers? Are you crazy? What is going on here? But yeah, I, Chris, I agree with you. It, it is insane. <laughs> it's, it's very much. I mean, uh, we, we may not see eye to eye on this movie, but we're not that bad. Like <laughs> they don't need to do this. So it would be better if they did like a Sweden version uh, if you're familiar with that term, yeah. like where you just kind of make your own homegrown remake. I mean, there's been cool Star Wars fan remakes of things where they like farm out like like one minute scenes and yeah. they, they stitch them all together. That's kind of fun. Yeah, like you make the movie in your style for like, I think it's like a minute, maybe 30 seconds and they put them all together as it was. And it's, I've seen those. Those look really, those are really interesting. They keep you on your toes watching them too because you never yeah. know what's next. But... That's not what this is. No, that's not what this is. So, Star Wars Episode Nine. it's going to be um, a hot topic, if you will, next year, Mike. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. Titans, the TV show coming out on the DC streaming service. Uh, According to Minka Kelly, who plays the character Dove in this, uh, DC Comics is launching the streaming service and the show with it in the fall, which I'm pretty sure is lined up with everything we've said so far. So, expect DC Universe and Titans to hit... I mean, what do you think? Like... August, September, Well, October? I mean, the fall kind of aligns with when TV shows kind of come back to begin with. Uh, you know, we'll probably start to see episodes of, like, The Flash, Arrow, and things like that. Um, usually in around September, sometimes the very beginning of October, depending yeah. if things get staggered. So, yeah, I, I would guess maybe September. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to go to their website and sign up for the beta if you can Ooh, get into that as well. I did. I'm hoping they let me in. Yep, me too. I signed up several times so <laughs> knock on wood but the titles for the 13 episodes have been quote-unquote leaked uh from titans tv.net and um i'm just gonna kind of run through them real quick here they're very short very kind of villain of the week it sounds like in these um or character of the week so we have titans which is the pilot hawk and dove is second starfire rachel i believe that's the real name for raven uh, the Doom Patrol is episode 5. The Messenger, Jason Todd, is episode 7. Angela, Donna Troy, it's episode 9. Hank and Dawn, 10. Coriander, Dick Grayson, and then finally on episode 13 is Raven. So a couple of these stand out to me, Mike. Um, you know, these are mostly character names. 
I don't know who Hank and Don are, unless those are the real names of Hawk and Dove. Um, or The Messenger. That would be the other, the other one. Any, anything you pick out of this? You've, you've seen more Teen Titans and, and DC shows than I have. Uh, I mean, I'm excited for the Doom Patrol episode because we know this is like a backhanded uh, pilot for their own show. So there's going to be a whole lot to look for in that. And it's kind of exciting to see that it's episode five. That means that they're not necessarily like holding on to the Doom Patrol for like the season finale or anything. So we're going to get them pretty quickly, get to Mm -hmm. see what they're all about, and then uh, kind of move on along to uh, more intriguing episodes like uh, Dick Grayson, the being like the second to last episode, I think that's pretty indicative of uh, uh, Robins and yeah. Nightwings, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I mean, Donna Troy is Wonder Girl, right? I mean, she is. She was in the Young Justice, I believe, mm-hmm. as as uh, Wonder Girl, which I, I hadn't heard anything about her in this being in this yet. So uh, that'd be interesting to see the live action version of her as well. But um, looks like they're shaping up. We might be seeing some some teases, maybe a trailer of this sooner than later, Mike. So we'll we'll cross our fingers. Do you really want to see a Snyder cut of the Justice League, Mike? No. Good. No. No. Yep, that was a test. You are <laughs> you have passed. Um, according to the Batman v Superman Man of Steel storyboard artist Jay Oliva, he says the Snyder cut does not exist. Make of that what you will. Every week it's a new story. It does it? Does it not? The point of it is we don't want to see it if it does. I think uh, what we got is fine. Yeah, just things are getting conflated. Fans don't understand what assembly cuts are. Uh, what Joss Whedon and uh, Snyder had to do with the movie, where things got split, it just doesn't. It, it doesn't exist. The, the only way a Snyder cut exists is if they put more money into this movie, and it's obvious they're not getting their return on investment. So there's your answer. Yeah, and I don't think they're holding on to it to release it later either. I don't think this thing is even out there. So um, the the only the only circumstances I could see. Um, unearthing any sort of version of a Snyder cut would be maybe in 10 or 15 years when the movie is so far past us that it's just this old legacy project of a movie. Technically the very first Justice League movie ever made because I'm sure we'll actually get proper ones going forward that we actually enjoy. And then there'll be some sort of weird like box set anniversary edition where they're just going to be like, oh, here is the Snyder cut just to get a little maybe buzz and like I don't know, 2035 when there's so much more stuff to contain your brain uh, out there. And then it's just going to be – it's probably not going to be really what you think it is. They're just going to use the word Snyder just to get you to buy this crazy box set that they made. Once once Zack Snyder has cooled off a little bit and they're like, hey – what do you want to change about this? And he's like, well, let's just do this, this, yeah. this. And they've not filmed anything. They've not changed anything. It's just what they already had. And he's moved it around. Yeah, I guess it's theoretically possible. I mean, on a much smaller scale, the creative, the creator of Arrested Development went back to his last season of Arrested Development and re-edited it. So, I mean, you know, it's not unheard of, but... Yeah, this I don't know if saying. that's a smaller scale. That's thirteen hours or at well, least ten hours. So budget wise, smaller yeah. scale. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's possible, but I, I don't think it'll happen. At least not not anytime soon until it all cools off. Yeah, that's the dumb and dumber moment of you're so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I have used that several times today, Mike. So thank <laughs> you. Uh, Birds of Prey is also on the DC docket. We don't know when, we don't know how, but according to Margot Robbie, this will be the first R-rated movie for DC. So they're pushing for an R-rated movie. The filming starts in January 2019, according to her as well. And they will also have a new look and costume for Harley Quinn. 
So, you know, when Halloween rolls around in that year, you're <laughs> going to see even more Harley Quinn outfits. I mean, I know they technically did win the Academy Award for this kind of portion of the movie, but they did do a decent job adding Harley Quinn's costume kind of to the lore of DC. I would say that is pretty iconic now of the kind of the T-shirts. Of like, yeah, it was like the, what did her T-shirt say? It didn't say damaged on it. No, that's it said like tattoo said. daddy something or maybe. Yeah, I don't know. daddy's girl or something. But yeah, that's a pretty iconic look for Harley Damage Quinn Damaged girl. No, okay. <laughs> so I guess a good on them for uh, doing something right in that movie. Yeah, I mean, if they are to go into Birds of Prey, maybe they give her something a little more, I guess, substantial. Uh, something that has purpose rather than something they found out of wardrobe while they were Ta- walking through. Ta- tactical, if you will. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Mario Robbie seems to be very invested in the character and where this goes. Apparently, she's been working on this almost um, exclusively with the director, who I forget it is right now, rather than a Harley Quinn standoff. So, um, this may be um, a good a good female-led R-rated movie. I don't know. Hopefully it's not Deadpool, X, like Deadpool 2 style, <laughs> uh, with multiple leads going on and all that stuff. But, you know, who, who knows where this could go with... Uh, Walter Hamada at the reins. We may see some new stuff coming with Aquaman, Wonder Woman 2, and, and Birds of Prey. Cross and eventually, eventually a Joker movie. One of them. So one of them will materialize before we know it, Mike. John Wick 3 has a title. I know... I know. Uh, I, I like the first one, and the second one's okay. It's not the best one, but it's called Parabellum. John Wick Parabellum. They did not go with Chapter 3, which I thought was interesting. Um, and this comes from the Latin phrase, Si vis passum parabellum. Which is, if you want peace, prepare for war, which makes sense, right? John Wick, yeah. prepare for war. <laughs> I wonder if uh, if the title, not calling it Chapter 3 or the last chapter of John Wick, the end, is maybe possibly opening it up. I know that we've uh, I've heard hints out there in the world that there could possibly be like a TV series in the works mm-hmm. or a spinoff movie series where Keanu Reeves isn't involved. I think that could be kind of fun. It's, it might be an interesting world to explore, but... Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what craziness they get down to in this movie. Yeah, Halle Berry is the villain, I think. I mean, uh, hopefully they, they reinvent it a little bit, and it's not just the same thing again. But, um, I mean, Keanu Reeves has, has, I guess, come back as an action star, as, as many middle-aged actors do. They, they come back as action stars for a little bit. So uh, we'll see where this takes us. You like the Alien movies? I know you bought them recently on uh, I don't like the majority of them. Okay, so it's leaning towards not. the. Uh, I think it's Fox who owns this are considering an Alien TV show in anticipation for the 40th anniversary of Alien the, the movie. Ugh. And so the announcement may be coming soon. Now, they are very adamant <laughs> that this is not include the Xenomorphs, but just set in the universe of Alien. They may not call it Alien, but like it could be one of those things where it's a show that exists in that same world. Um I don't know what it is, but would you like to see a small form version of Alien live on rather than another Ridley Scott movie? No, I I don't think I would because the the world that Ridley Scott was trying to craft, everything that didn't involve the Xenomorph or everything surrounding it was the parts that I didn't like. Like I didn't need – I didn't care about these Prometheans or the engineers or the greater world at large of – how the humans ended up on Earth and all of that garbage. I didn't care about any of that stuff. I just wanted to see uh, a, a hapless scientist trying to run through some sort of like engineering facility away from a super scary monster. So if you kind of take that out of it, I don't really know what I'm left with. I mean, I guess if I just try to think of it without the aliens, I mean, the sets are kind of cool. You know, I like the kind of the retro tech uh, 
I don't really know if there's a word for that where you kind of take like 1980s or late 70s tech and place yeah. it in the future. That's kind of a cool aesthetic that I think, you know, the new Star Wars movies kind of had fun playing with. But, uh, yeah, I don't think this fixes the problem with the Alien universe, unfortunately. I don't know if it fixes the problem. I would like to see, I mean, none of that stuff, but like the, like the Wayland yutani Corporation who does these mining organizations. Like, what other, like, they're obviously trying to figure out what's up with this alien stuff like they know what they're doing and like geo forming planets so maybe they're like doing some other cd stuff on other planets and they've got other discoveries we don't know about i I don't know um i I would watch that probably more so than anything dealing with what was the engineers and the the ai robots that take over everything um not having michael fassbender will be a downfall though i do enjoy i do enjoy his work and lastly, uh, I mean, it's, it's a light news week, but Gundam. Are you familiar with Gundam? The oh, TV you know shows? what? You know I am, buddy. All right. I watched Gundam Wing growing up. Um, it's my favorite. Still like to watch same it. Same here. Okay, good, good. We're on the same page. Uh, Legendary is working with Sunrise Pictures to produce a live-action adaptation of Gundam. They did not pick which Gundam they're adapting or which one um, they're going to be doing, but they're at least doing a live-action Gundam movie. And I think this stems from Legendary having a lot of work in large robot movies, uh, Pacific <laughs> Rim, uh, more specifically. So uh, Sunrise, I think, is a, an Asian production company. So um, I mean, anime to live action big screen has been uh, definitely failure to launch. I mean, maybe the best thing that we've had is maybe Ghost in a Shell, and that is not saying much. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how you get Gundam to the big screen. I think the biggest issue that you're working with here, and I, I tweeted this earlier this week if you follow me, but how do you rationalize the human race having these giant robots? That's like the biggest hurdle that you're going to have to cross because in like Pacific Rim, like you mentioned, another legendary property, well, there's big robots because there's big monsters and you just can't blow them up with nukes. So you got to be a little bit more precise uh, and, you know, that made sense. And then you're kind of in also this kind of, I don't want to say wacky universe, but, you know, you're kind of, you, you know, kind of know what world that you're playing with with these giant robots and you, you, you accept it. But like the Gundam universe, like if you know, watching Gundam Wing, that's kind of kind of serious political drama. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. It's less about the robots at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, it might be animated, but you know, it's uh, it's definitely not just for children. You know, there's there's death, there's drama going on there, people dying in the vacuum of space. So, you got some serious themes to deal with there. So, how do you justify these like giant robots? They don't seem very practical. Uh, but friend of the show, Quentin Parker, had a pretty good idea. I don't know if he was uh, crawling through some forums or this cropped up in his head as an original idea, but I'll give him credit anyway. But um, uh, it's these basically starting off as construction equipment because in the Gundam universe, one of the big story plot points is how humans start to escape Earth and create space colonies and then the space colonies start feuding with the surface world. So mm-hmm. you got to build these space colonies somehow. So maybe big giant robots are the best kind of construction vehicles for the job. So I guess once you do that, it's only a matter of time until someone realizes, well, I can use this giant robot to punch someone in the face or step on them. I don't necessarily have to build a, I don't have to screw in a screw with it. Uh, And then maybe it just evolves from there. But that's the biggest, beyond just the hurdle of just no anime property ever working on the big screen uh, in live action, they're going to have to jump that hurdle. Yeah. Well, see what I, um, well, I like uh, my idea is that gun in the, one of the other Gundams, other than Wing, um, Gundanium is a very rare metal, and uh-huh. they only make one suit out of it. So, like, 
the the colonies make the suit to try to do it, but then it's the battle over who can pilot this, who will like can the Earth Federation steal the suit from them so they don't have any power over their army. Uh, because the Gundanium alloy is so powerful and rare that they were only able to build the one suit out of it. So um, I, there's there's tons of ways it can go, um, but I get flashbacks to Dragon Ball Evolution. And, <laughs> you know, we all know how that ended. Um, like, it, you ever have flashbacks to Vietnam, Mike? <laughs> that's that's my Dragon Ball Evolution take here. So yeah, I I think I I think I would like to uh, wrap up the show with this kind of one inspiring quote that I heard just recently from the creator of an animated show that's really popular. You might have to be a little younger to maybe really appreciate it to its uh, full uh, worth, but uh, the creator of Steven Universe, uh, her name is Rebecca Sugar, and I heard her in an interview recently where she said. Um, if you really want to have a good time watching a cartoon, whether it's made for you or not, uh, it's a little bit like a magic trick. You just have to, if you can just kind of uh, let loose and just let the imagination take you over, uh, you can have a really good time and be invested in these characters that you know aren't real, which I think is why animation and cartoons work, work really well, which is why a lot of these animated properties fit perfectly in an animated world because when you're watching something in in, that way it feels a little bit like magic and you can you can uh, you can imagine like a world with giant robots and you're not too worried about the justification of why the human race has them but once you take that step of going into live action all bets are off you got to address these realistic scenarios so i I think that's the biggest crux of adapting these um, kind of fantasy ideas to big screen but also i mean we we talk about this all the time is these anime episodes they're like like, they crank out the episodes every week for a year like they Mm -hmm. are 52 episode series how do you condense something so thick and so uh, poignant and with so many themes and and messages into a two-hour movie i mean you, you can't you can't find that you know that the the mix that you're gonna leave something out and just that that holds it all together. You can't that, do it. So that would that is the one benefit that they have of making a Gundam movie though is Gundam's almost a little bit like Final Fantasy in the sense of like every series is kind of like its own unique experience of dealing with robots. You know, adapting a Dragon Ball Evolution is adapting a very specific story. Adapting Ghost in a Shell is a very specific story. But with Gundam, they could just hire a screenwriter and say, write whatever kind of uh, compelling political espionage movie that you want to write. You know, just make sure you include the Gundams. You don't have to pull from the lore because the lore changes with every series. So that is one of the benefits of going the route of Gundam. I hope it works because Gundams are (laughs) badass. They are so cool. Did you ever watch the Gundam Wing animated movie, Endless Waltz? Uh, yeah, I have it on DVD, and I'm sure it exists on Blu-ray. But that is that's fun too because that you get is a, a higher great, budget. That's yeah, a great because like a- it's set after everything. You do, they don't need to tell the whole story either. Mm-hmm. It's like this is there's a kick and soundtrack too. It's yeah. oh man, it makes me want to go watch it. It also takes place at Christmas time, so you can use it as an excuse to watch it around yeah. the holidays. <laughs> and all those all the suits have new looks and upgrades, and they don't explain them. Uh, they don't have to because yeah. you're like, yep, that's that's who it was. So yeah. yeah, it's like, why does this giant robot have feathers? It doesn't make any sense, but it's cool. <laughs> but it's anime, so you don't care at all. So yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. That's a good one. So I mean, hopefully, we'll knock on wood, we can get some out of that. But that's our news for this week, Mike. It's a little little, little shorter than usual, but that's okay because uh, it's a, it's a, been a good week with our. Ant- man and lost review 
Uh, I think we ran long the last couple weeks anyway, so it all evens out. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So, Mike, if people want to know what you're up to on our week off, where can people find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, people want to find you where can they get you you can find me in chicago this week woo uh, no i'm kidding you can find me on twitter valdan v-a-l-d-a-n i will also be in chicago that's no joke uh, also on instagram valdan 87 or head over to comic ui uh and and read stuff there mike if people wanted to listen to our ant-man and the wasp review where can they find that at that's super easy to do. All you have to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to uh, to preview those episode titles for the Titans and you don't remember them after we ran, rambled them off, or if you want to see some of that uh, leaked uh, images from Star Wars Resistance, just head on over to SuperheroSlate.com for our show notes. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. <gasps> You can also get merch at superheroslate.com slash store, Chris. I know how much uh, you like to wear our merch. I like to wear our merch, and I think our listeners I'm wearing would like one to right wear now. our merch as well. Yeah, look at that, man. You're our biggest also, fan. Also, I got to say, I went um, on the on the 4th of July. We were working on our house all day, and I went to um, Home Depot. My wife was wearing a shirt. I was wearing a shirt, and these people down the aisle asked us about our shirts. And so if you're listening, guys, thank you for subscribing from oh, Home Depot this week. Heck, yeah. That's what I like to hear. That's right. Twenty. But if you're a fan of the show, we love to to hear from you. However, you want to reach out to us, we love that. And uh, reviews for the show, head on over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Drops a, re- a review, a comment, uh, a suggestion. If you want to hear us talk about something, or if you don't like it when I say the word mumbo jumbo too much, uh, <laughs> l- let me know. Let me know. That's why you didn't give us five stars, and you only give us four stars because I use mumbo jumbo too much. Uh, but if you, uh, we love our super fans out there. So if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week. Asterix, except for next week because it's summer vacation for us. So we're going to be taking a week off, but you got to stay subscribed because the next episode that we're dropping is going to be from San Diego Comic-Con. I'm going to be there myself mm-hmm. on foot, walking the floor like I do every year. It's crazy. It's insane. I love it. And I, I come back just totally exhausted on Sunday and I just unload all the information that I can on Chris, but he's the man in the chair. So he usually knows more than I do. So yeah, Mike can't be at all the panels. So I've got to, I've got to find the nice balance for us to get all that information. So um, yeah, that's it for the show. Again, I'm looking for Chicago suggestions. If you have any, please send them before Wednesday. I do appreciate it. And we will catch <laughs> you guys in two weeks. All right. Adios. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. LaCroix will be the death of you. This chair, It won't, because that's the whole, that's the whole thing. It's guilt-free, right? Oh, 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 you can die. You just won't be guilty about it.